Welcome to Sliding Doors Your Story, the podcast that delves into the decisions and moments that shape our lives. I am Jenny Becker, and throughout my life, career, and relationships, I've always been fascinated with the notion that everything happens for a reason, alongside my love for the 90s movie classic, Sliding Doors. Have you ever really thought about those moments that shaped your life? Those decisions that could have gone either way in the opportunities presented to you? Sliding Doors, your story delves into your extraordinary moments and decisions that built the path of your life. Through your applications, we have curated a mini-series with amazing people taking us through their amazing Sliding Doors moments. We will reflect on how a decision or moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened. Spring is my favourite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm really excited to announce that for this series, we have partnered up with Berksy, who you may have seen on this season's Dragon's Den. Berksy is a super clean and refreshing alcoholic sparkling water, which is also known as a hard seltzer and is sold throughout the UK. All of their flavours are made with real fruit and on a lovely sunny day, my favourite has to be opening up a can of peach and raspberry. And the founders also set up the brand in a sliding doors moment themselves in Toronto's Berksy Park. So we're now asking you to create your own sliding doors moment and have a Berksy with your friends this spring. So whether it's taking the time to listen to a podcast or just having a moment to yourself, taking that time to think about your sliding doors moment. And while you're at it, you can get 20% off your first order using the code sliding doors on their website, www.berksydrinks.com, where you can also tell us your sliding doors moment by entering it through the website. Enjoy the episode. My guest today is Lonnie Berkevist. Lonnie is 38 and lives in Denmark. Today, she will be sharing her amazing love story, showing that you never know where speaking to strangers about the weather may lead to. Welcome to Sliding Doors, your story, Lonnie. It's so nice to have you with us today to chat all about your Sliding Doors moment. Um, So can you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? What do you do? Where do you live? 
Definitely. Thank you for having me. I think it's, it's such a, I think everyone loves talking about their life. So I, I'm really honored to be on here. Um, I'm American, but I live in Denmark right now. And uh, I was a teacher for a long time. And now I work as an education consultant and we support schools with doing something called project-based learning. Um, but I'm also married and a mom of three kids. And my kids right now are six, five, and four. So wow. our life is uh, pretty crazy. Oh my gosh, that is so crazy. Is it hard to kind of balance work and mum life as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I started my own company to have flexibility. And mm -hmm. then, of course, it's just totally taken over my life. So I think it's a constant struggle to have that balance between family and work right oh, now. Definitely. And yeah. did you always want to be a teacher? Um, no, I was going to be an actor, actually. Ah. And then uh, I had I had um, just this fantastic education professor in college. And my parents kind of forced me into doing something practical along with the acting stuff. And uh, I ended up falling in love with it and really just wanting to like light the world on fire through education and helping young people. That's so great. I really love it when someone in your life can make a difference, when you kind of see the difference they made on you and then you want to make that difference to somebody else. Yeah. Um, that's brilliant. And what made you want to share your sliding doors moment with our listeners? Well, it, I was actually gently nudged uh, to apply. Actually, <laughs> um, There's a, yeah, someone we work with in, in the UK that uh, I met this fall and we ended up telling each other just our whole life stories. And about a couple of months later, I received an email from her and she said, I think you should, you know, try to be on here because I think there's some really um yeah, amazing moments in your life where you can just see the before and after. So I yeah, I thought, well, I'll follow her lead and just see what happens. So you had your own sliding doors moment to get to here, yeah, which exactly. I love, obviously. <laughs> um, and before we go into talking about your moment, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts on the concept of sliding doors and fate, coincidence? I think we talk a lot on the podcast about hard work and timing, but what do you really believe in? You know, I, I really believe that everything happens for a reason. And not that there's like a, you know, someone with puppet strings controlling our life, but that when we can look back, we can see how the series of little decisions that we've made in our life has led to other things. So I think it's a combination between like being really aware and making intentional decisions and jumping in and then being able to look back and see the meaning behind all of it. So I don't know that I believe in, in a sense that like my pathway is already determined, but I definitely believe that there are things that happen for a reason and that there's a lot of meaning behind the choices that we make and the things that happen to us. A hundred percent. And do you think that you're someone that, you know, when you have a big decision to make that could take you on one way or the other from a Slindos moment, are you someone that, do you follow your gut or do you go on instinct or do you talk to people? Like, how do you make decisions for those moments? I just jump. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I don't know if it's the, the most responsible thing uh, to do necessarily. And I definitely have had thoughts in my life about all of the times that I've jumped and I've like, wow, that's a lot harder than I thought it would be. But at the same time, I, I think life is worth living. And so oh, yeah. I don't tend to make a lot of pros and cons lists. I tend to just jump into it and see what happens and figure it out as exactly. I go. And we speak, you know, so much of like learning about life as failures and things that go wrong and exactly. it, it's, it's you're a risk taker or not I think as I've got older I'm becoming more of a risk taker which is actually quite strange because <laughs> it should be the other way around right um, but I think that's a brilliant outlook and 
your moment is so great because it's such a brilliant love story and such a great sign doors moment. So I'm going to get right into it and hopefully I pronounce all of these words correctly. <laughs> so whilst walking the Camino de Santiago in Spain, a man walked past me and we chatted briefly about the weather. And by the time we reached the end, we were engaged. So I've abbreviated the story massively <laughs> because it's really long and I want you to explain it. But um, just to kind of caveat that, six months later you were married and the husband that you're talking about is this guy who you now live in Denmark with and you have three children so it's a wow love story moment so I wanted to start by you taking us right back to how did you even you know come to going on that walk in Spain because I know you were living in San Diego so explain just a bit of the backstory before we talk about the moment itself. Well the seed was planted in my own head years before the moment of actually deciding to walk. And uh, my uncle and aunt were, yeah, we were having dinner and they were talking about their recent trip to Spain and how they would see these pilgrims walking the Camino de Santiago and they were really inspired by it. And, And so I didn't really think anything of it at the time, but the seed was definitely planted that this walk exists and that it's possible to go on. Yeah. Then you fast forward a couple of years later and I was just a hot mess in my life. I was uh, in a pretty toxic relationship. Um, I was teaching at the time, but really struggling to find out whether I wanted to continue being a teacher. I was coping a lot by drinking a lot of wine and kind Mm -hmm. of uh, participating in this like, you know, late 20s woman culture of going out with friends. And And it's such a crazy time in our lives, our late 20s, isn't it? It's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so much pressure to figure out what you want to do and, and where you're going. And I remember um, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had like had been drinking wine in my apartment. And my go-to thing was to call this like on and off again ex-boyfriend that was just not a great relationship. No, to but always like, hanging there that we always go back <sighs> to, but we know we shouldn't. Exactly. <laughs> and I remember this distinct moment where I thought, okay, I could call him. Um, And then for some reason, the Camino popped up and it was this moment of like, should I do this? Why not? Why am I not doing this? So actually that night, kind of like in my haze, I booked a ticket to Paris and I wouldn't walk for another month and a half, but I just took this totally rash decision and decided like this was the next step in order to figure out my life and what I was going to do. Did you just get a feeling that like, because I often get this where it's just like, I have a feeling I should just do this now. Yeah. Yeah. Totally like that. Love that. Yeah. So that that's what brought me to the Camino. And then, I mean, the next like month and a half, I was still on and off again in this relationship, but actually I had a purpose. Like I started to train. It's an 800 kilometer walk. So you have to also have gear. Yeah. Um, you sleep in these hostels, but you definitely have to be prepared, like physically trained and also just like mentally prepared to take on this, you know, long journey. So, so then my life became about like walking and just kind of figuring out how I was going to do this thing. And then, uh, the fourth, of July I started walking in 2013. Amazing and did you like to do this walk did you have to like stop your job or anything or was it kind of and did anyone say what are you doing why didn't you do it and did you ever regret before doing it making the decision in the middle of the night to go? Um, I think, well, I was a teacher at the time, so I had summers off so I could do this. My parents were a little bit concerned because I was going alone and they really had no idea what to expect, but I wrote them this super long email explaining why this was really important to me. And then they totally got on board. 
Um, I think there were definitely moments before thinking, can I really do this? But I also think that, like I said, I just jump into things. So I just thought, well, you can't really train to walk 800 kilometers. You have to just do it. Yeah. So I tried as much as I could to, to prepare, but honestly, I was just more excited to have something meaningful in my life to look forward to that was constructive and actually breaking me out of a lot of the cycles that I had going on at the time. So was that kind of the objective of doing the walk? I mean, obviously you didn't go there thinking I'll be engaged by the time I get home, but was the objective to just really, you know, we all just look for something to reignite our purpose, reignite our passion. Was that what, why you went on the walk? Exactly. I I, I needed to figure some things out. I needed to figure out if I wanted to have kids Mm -hmm. um, because the boyfriend that I was with did not want kids. And that was a huge like point in our relationship where I needed to figure it out myself instead of just listening to the partner that I was with all the time. Yeah. But also I think I really needed to understand myself because Mm -hmm. I was coping in so many horrible ways. um, And I needed to just shut down and break that cycle in order to really feel like I could move on. So for me, the walk was about solitude, about finding out these answers, but it was also really to just like do something massive to stop this cycle uh, that I was using. Yeah. And I mean, the walk itself is a sliding doors moment. I think the, what happened on the walk is just an additional. So take us to the day then when you were doing your walk and this man walked past you and you spoke about the weather. Explain what happened. Well, the morning was like any other morning. It was about two weeks into the walk for me. And I was, you know, getting dressed, putting on my boots, got some coffee and walked out the door. And about, I don't know, 20 minutes into the walk that day, there was this guy that walked behind me and he passed me. And on the Camino, when you meet people, you know, you say, hi, hi. And then it's really normal to just exchange a few words. And then you know, you continue walking and sometimes you walk with someone, sometimes they walk further. So, um, you know, I said, hi, I'm Lonnie. And he said, hi, I'm Kiatin. And uh, we talked about the weather because, you know, it was going to (laughs) rain. We exchanged, you know, where we were from. He was from Denmark. I was from the States. And then he said, all right, Buen Camino, good walk. And then he walked, walked on. And I remember thinking in that moment, I could move to Copenhagen like, so did I was going to ask you that as girls always I could do, do that. what's his surname you know <laughs> right. I could go and live there but did, did you feel something in that moment yeah totally oh, totally and I mean it's not like like on the Camino you know you meet a lot of people like yeah. I had met other men before I mean it wasn't like it was this pivotal moment but yeah. there was something about the conversation and just kind of like how he was yeah and when he walked away I was like I actually I could move there yeah <laughs> I love that. Well, maybe you didn't say that to him straight away and you played it a little bit cool. I waited a few days before (laughs) revealing that. So then he walks off and you carry on with your walk. And then when did you next meet again? So that day, the Camino is divided up into these sections and you can walk it at any pace. You can walk further or less than the sections that are kind of outlined. But most people were meeting in this big city called Burgos. And so I walked into Burgos and uh, saw him in the street. And couldn't really remember his name, but we had just a really small exchange. And then that night, um, it's really common for all of the pilgrims walking to be seated around a table, drinking some wine, beer, just being social. And he had overheard me say to someone else that I was going to take a rest day in Burgos the next day. Mm -hmm. And so he decided the next morning he would come down and ask if I wanted to get a cup of coffee. And uh, I said, yes. And then we ended up actually staying the whole day in this city, um, spent the night there and then continued walking the rest of the Camino together. That's incredible. And did, did he 
like when you talk to him retrospectively, did he say that he also kind of felt something between you two when you first kind of had that meeting? Totally. I think he's a little bit of, of a dreamer as well. Like, you know, you meet someone and like all of a sudden you're kind of like fantasizing about what yeah. that could be. And I think he's naturally kind of positioned towards that. But I think definitely like in this moment and on the Camino and the spirit of, you know, this, uh, this whole thing, I mean, he definitely felt that there was something different. And then you did the rest of the walk together and then explain what happened. Well, so I actually didn't know that I wanted to walk with him because I had come all this way, like, like, you know, across find the world yourself <laughs> and, find like, myself. Yeah. Yeah. and I thought the last thing I needed was like some guy or thing or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So actually we had a lot of discussions about whether we should walk together and whether that was the right thing to do, which led me to believe that it was the right thing to do since we would have these discussions exactly. and actually like be intentional about it. We finished walking and got into Santiago de Compostela at like two in the morning and we slept outside actually, because we couldn't really get a place to sleep. Yeah. And the next morning we met with all of our like pilgrim friends that came in and we were having some dinner and we were sitting there, just him and I, and he looked at me and he said, I, I don't want to lose you. Like, I don't want this to be over. And I said, Oh yeah, me too. You know? Yeah. Let's hang out. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, no, I think, you know what I'm asking you. I said, what do you mean? And he says, well, do I have to say it? I said, yes, you have to say it. Cause I don't know what you mean. And he said, well, I, I want to marry you. Oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I mean, did you think he was going to ask that? Um, no, not, not necessarily. And, and in fact, we've had conversations in, like later on, if, if, if that's really what he had meant to do to propose or not, yeah. but, but we, in this moment, we both knew actually that we wanted to leave, uh, go back home knowing that we are going to be together. And how did everyone else around you, like, how did that, like, feel everyone around you? Was everyone like, oh my God, I can't believe what's happening? Were people like, is this real? We, we drank a lot of tequila that night. There was a lot of, like, celebrating. Um, but but people, honestly, like, it just made sense to them. Yeah. A lot of them had met us as a couple as well, like, along the way. Um, but actually, before the Camino started, I had my grandma's engagement ring, and I had been wearing it on my middle finger. And I debated whether to even wear the ring because, you know, you're, you're hiking basically yeah. for a month. Um, but I, something said, wear the ring, Lonnie. And so like that night we actually symbolically like moved the ring onto the engagement finger as like oh my, my engagement ring. It sounds so cheesy now, no, but it in doesn't. the moment, like yeah. when you're surrounded by love, like it was just perfect. So how long was it from the moment you sort of spoke about the weather to the proposal? Um, it was about 18 days. Oh my gosh. So, and then when you left, did you both, so you left, when you left Spain, did you leave together? Did you go back to America? Did you go to, back, straight back to Denmark with him? We went to Barcelona for a couple of days just to like be together in the real world and you know just yeah. Yeah, have some time together. And then I went back to San Diego and he went back to Denmark and we saw each other um, yeah, for like three weeks at a time because he was a student. So he could actually come over uh, quite often. And then actually six months to the day that we met, we were married in San Diego. And what did your friends and family think? Cause I, you know, I'm just thinking if that was me and I came home, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, you're engaged. Doesn't mean anything that'll be split up in a couple of weeks. What was everyone's reaction? Um, my friends were not surprised. My friends were like, of course, this would happen to you. Um, my mom, I think, really liked the fact that he was a medical student and going to be a doctor and like he wasn't my ex-boyfriend. Like that was kind of yep. the threshold for her. 
And then my dad actually didn't meet him until after we were married. So I think there was just a lot of trust that they had that, that, okay, yes, you've done this crazy thing, but at the same time, like we, we trust that you're making the right decision. So overall people were really supportive. And I mean, what a story. It's a story of love and a story of timing. And I guess there's two questions I want to ask you, because I think the first one is how different do you think, because they both link together, but there's two, there's how different do you think your life would have been if you hadn't have done the walk? So just that, you know, even that night, if that night you hadn't have booked to go on that day and started the walk on the same time that you did, um, how different would your life been? Also, you know, imagine if he hadn't have been walking on that day, like, you know, you, you don't meet everybody doing the walk. So do you ever think about all of those little small sliding doors moments, but also how different your life might have been if you hadn't have, number one, done the walk at all, but if you hadn't have bumped into him on that day? Yeah, I have I have thought about that actually a lot. I think if I hadn't done the walk itself, I, I'm a bit scared actually of where my life was going. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to think that I would have done something. I'd, I'd like to think that I would have stopped the cycle and the, you know, the, the train that I was on because it was only leading to, to, to not great things in my yeah. life. Um, but I, I also think about if I hadn't met Kyazin and actually when I came back from the Camino, this on and off again, boyfriend asked if he could see me and he didn't really know about anything that happened. He just wanted to see me. And he actually came to my house and I, um, looked outside the window. He had climbed up the tree and uh, was calling my name in some kind of like very dramatic, romantic moment. Um, and when he came inside, he actually said, Lonnie, let's get married. Oh like I have, God. I have a friend that can do this. Let's go piss our parents off. Let's go do it. And, and of course, in that moment, like I, I was already engaged to someone, but I had just had this experience that I just, I looked at him and I just never saw him the same way. Yeah. But, but I think, I, I wonder if I hadn't met Kassin, I wonder if I would have said yes to him yeah. because it was such a, like something that p- would pull me in and feel good. And then it would just was so toxic that I don't know if I could have resisted if I hadn't had that experience or really known the kind of love that, you know, Cassin and I were able to actually nurture on this. Of course. And I mean, you never know, because you could have come back from that walk stronger and been like, oh, no, sorry, you've missed That's your chance. True. But I, what I also was thinking is you, it, it actually is so great to think back to your auntie and uncle because they even plant, they planted the seed of this place. And it really is. It's all about timing because I think you being in that place in your life and being kind of open and ready and meeting him and that, all of that. I mean, it literally all gives me tingles. And I guess I wanted to ask you if there's one thing that you learned from this sliding doors moment that you'd like our listeners to take away with them today, what would that be? I think the the power of saying yes. Yeah. And, and I know that that's really easy to do when you don't know a situation, but I also think that there's a million things in this whole process that I could have been so scared of because mm-hmm. it was so unknown, but just being able to say yes to one small thing after another, I think has led me to just incredible places. Um, not always great places, but at least meaningful ones. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe in, in the spirit of love, but also just in the spirit of life, um, saying yes is probably one of the most powerful things we can give ourselves permission to do. Definitely. You never know. It can lead to being married with three children and living in Denmark. Like who would have thought when you booked that trip in the middle of the night that you'd now live in Denmark with, I mean, it's, it's lovely. And I think from my perspective, one thing that I've taken from it is, you know, number one, 
really push yourself to get out of these situations. There are things you can do to reset your mind. And, you know, the walk itself was a really brave thing to do. Um, but also just be open to like, someone does walk past you or you're standing in a coffee line and someone says something. We're all, especially in the UK and London, we're very like, don't talk to anyone else. Don't say anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm from the North. We're a bit more uh, friendly, but you know, you never, ever know that person you speak to about the weather, that person that, you know, you speak to in the coffee line, you do not know where that can lead. Exactly. Oh, Lonnie, thank you so, so much. Honestly, it's a great moment and uh, it's a brilliant love story. And thank you so much for sharing it with us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Lonnie. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sliding Doors. If you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring, I would love it if you could rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.